Welcome to Clean Break, the weekly divorce podcast. We share the stories and experiences of divorce professionals. Find all the answers about the many complex questions about divorce and separation at divorcenet.ca. I am Darren Javag, the chair of DivorceNet and your host for the show. And with me is Tina Marie, DivorceNet's vice chair and co-host of the show. So good morning, Tina. How are we today? I am fine, Darren. (laughs) Tina just touched my arm and told me to slow down. (laughs) And stop tapping. Uh, Hi, Darren. Uh, This morning's guest we have is Anne Max and is the owner of Productive to the Max. She is a productivity consultant. So that is interesting. I'm really uh, interested to... uh, hear what she has to say today. She has been uh, owning this company for about 20 years and uh, about 35 years in uh, HR and admin management. She uh, has a few grandkids. She has two to four here, so I'm not quite sure if she means two or four. (laughs) Oh, yes, I have four grandkids. She is married uh, for 20 years now. Um, Her education is, she has a university degree and, and is quite involved in community with the Kiwanis and uh, she was the president of the uh, Canada Stitzville Club. So welcome to um, Clean Break this morning. Well, thank you. I'm delighted to be here being a a new person in Campville. um, I'm delighted to meet you and have a chance to chat. We're happy you're here. So tell us a little bit about your company, your business itself. So my business started off as organized to the max. It was an organizing business um, where I helped companies and individuals physically organize their homes and their offices and systems and processes. And um, uh, as it evolved, uh, I ended up doing some training and working with the government. And I started getting... um, Um, people to hire me for consulting, coaching, training, and speaking. Mm. So I help people achieve their goals in life. Mm. Um, I help them maintain their sanity. Mm. Ah. I'm the one that's there when you're, you know, when you're at that point in your business, for example, five years or so in, when you decide I have to move ahead, but I don't know what to do. So I'm there to help you set up a strategic plan and to help you physically, mentally, and emotionally Um, go through what the challenges are. So a lot of change management. I do a lot of coaching of entrepreneurs and I do a lot of coaching of women. I have mastermind coaching circles for women, uh, which I started in Campville and our first meeting was very successful um, because women need support. Mm -hmm. And uh, especially if you're entrepreneurs or alone in your own business, you don't have anybody to talk to, to feed off of. Um, So this is like a, a sharing uh, it's your own board of directors uh, with a professional coach. Interesting. So I've been doing this for a very, very long time. <laughs> so what, I mean, you obviously you went to university. What did you take in university to sort of launch you into this kind of career? French. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, French is one of the most challenging things uh, that you can take to university. Right? So how do you like that? Yeah. So I took French and uh, did absolutely nothing with it. So even when I had government contracts, which you need to be sometimes be bilingual, no, no, I didn't get past bonjour or whatever it was. Comment ça va? Yeah. And that, that sort of should have told me something. But it takes me a bit. You know, not too swift sometimes. I should have... <laughs> realized when I was younger uh, who I was and what I wanted to do and what my skills were. And if I would go back, if you would say, if you would go back, what would you do? I'd definitely do business. Okay. So one of the things that I really concentrate on is helping people decide who they are, where they're going, 
how to get there hmm. and how to be productive and maintain their goals and you know, their life challenges. Um, but I didn't learn that until I was about 40. Okay. Wow. wow. Yeah, so you had, you had some, uh, you have quite some really cool life experiences. I know we've spoken before. Yes, and, we have. Uh, you had, you, you told me some really good stories uh, about your past that kind of built you to where you are today as being a life coach. Cause I think, you know, it's easy to tell somebody how to ride a bike, mm -hmm. but if you have never ridden a bike, you're just, you know, you're speaking without experience. Right. So you've had some really good experiences in your life that I think that kind of help you direct people in the right way to know how not to skid their knees, you know, when they fall off the bike. That's right. Good and not so good. Right. So um, my father owned a ladies wear store. So that's how I got into business. Mm -hmm. And at the age of 12, I started working. So I worked from 12 to 18, you know, part time. And of course, it was a terrible hardship to have new clothes every week. And it oh. was, I hated it. Yeah. Yes, I'm sure. So I learned everything. <laughs> I learned accounting and I learned how to deal with customer service and how to deal with difficult people. Um, and I absolutely loved it. Okay. Um, I am from an era where um, people really didn't know what they wanted. You sort of responded to other people's needs, what your parents wanted, what your friends wanted, what your boyfriends wanted. You really never, it wasn't like the women of today that really stand up for themselves. Mm. So at the age of 19, I got married. And that is something I do not highly recommend to anybody. <laughs> but at the age of 24, I was widowed. And I was left with a two-year-old daughter who's now 50 wow. and has two kids, uh, 15 and 17. It was the first time I'd been out of the city. Uh, I was moved back into the city and I started work at the Ottawa Citizen newspaper as the office manager. And I was there for 10 years. I started a choir. I had the greatest time. And I should have stayed because if I had stayed, I would have a nice little pension now and everything would be fine. Mm. But after 10 years, uh, I was sort of bored. I had done what I wanted to do. It was all new computers and everything. It was quite fascinating. And I really couldn't go any further. The only place I could go was into accounting. And I don't think I have the personality for an accountant um, or the patience to be an accountant. So and during that time, I also remarried. So uh, three or four years after I was widowed, I remarried. And I remarried the top divorce lawyer in Ottawa. Ouch. Oh. Okay, so you know all about divorce then, maybe. So I know on both ends all about divorce, okay? And uh, I had another child. My children are 10 years <clears> apart, <throat> and she has children four and uh, six and eight. So I really run the gamut. And I'm very tired running after the eight-year-olds. So I remarried, and after about five years of that marriage, I realized that things were not going to work out. But I'd been through a tough time. My kids had been through, a, there, was, there had been a lot going on. And I remember thinking, mm, I, just, I just can't do it financially, physically, emotionally. I can't do it to my child. I, I can't. And I really didn't know what I wanted. Yeah. And, you know, I, I didn't really speak up for myself as much as people thought I did. I didn't. So I stayed in this miserable marriage for 20 years. Wow. And it was not easy. Uh, I don't think it was easy for either of us. Um, if I had gotten divorced at that point, I would be in a much better place physically and emotionally and financially. But because I waited, things really deteriorated. Mm. And by the time we divorced, uh, it cost me $6.17 for a fax. And that was it, because it was very amicable. Right. Um, so 
And I went into the working community again because I had sort of stayed home with my second one a bit. And I had a, a company called The Honor of Your Presence, which was gift baskets. And hmm. I did some entrepreneurial stuff and I did a lot of small business consulting. Hmm. And so I sort of kept up the skills. And then um, when we got we finally got divorced, I ended up at Costco. Hmm. No, I didn't. I ended up at Breton's. Okay. Okay. I, I, it's there's so many things that I forget. You know, sort of what the uh, what the um, continuation is. So I I went to Breton's, and Breton's was a very elegant department store um, for men and women. And I was the HR and mid manager, and I absolutely adored the place. I was there for four years. Um, it was lovely. It was wonderful. But after four years, they went bankrupt. Hopefully, not due to anything I did. <laughs> Um, they had come in at a time when the economy was very, very low, and they it, it was really difficult. So at that time, we started, we divorced, and I needed another job. Mm. So off I went to Costco, mm. and I was HR and admin manager for Costco. So I went from $1,000 suits and heels, and you had to dress, you know, at Breton's, to jeans and keys. I always wanted those big set of keys, right? You wanted or you're totally I wanted. You no, no, I want I wanted. It was wonderful. And um, and I was skinny because the uh, the uh, HR was downstairs and the administration was upstairs. So I was there for 4 years. And during that time, just just at the beginning we got divorced and about 6 months later my ex-husband called me and said, "I just want you to know that we have to go bankrupt and you're still signed on." Oh my. Mm. So bankrupt, I went for a million dollars. Oh, my. And, you know, I remember saying to my boss at the time, you know, it hasn't been easy. And, you know, she said, well, you know, you're only stronger, you know, as you struggle. And I said, I'm sick of struggling. I've had it. Things have not been very good for the past many, many years. And um, but off I went and I I got this divorce or this uh, this uh, um, bankruptcy. And thankfully, I have a brother who's a lawyer, so it was very quick and okay. So for seven years, I couldn't do anything credit-wise. Hmm. And I'm sure you can all relate to that, being in finances and being in mortgages. Um, anyway, I was at Costco for four years, loved it. Um, uh, but I could only stay there for about four years. I've discovered that uh, I'm one of those productivity people called Jumper Joes. Mm-hmm. And we can only stay for a certain amount of time before we have to move on in our life because okay. we're interested in so many things outside. So I ended up at Melanie Lynn Laura, uh, the Laura Shops now it is, um, as the regional HR manager for 13 stores in Ottawa and Quebec City. And for the first time in my life, a couple of years later, I was fired and I have no idea why. Still don't know. So there I was, not young, kids were gone, parents were elderly and sick. I was not feeling well. What am I going to do with my life? Right. I read an article that stated the top 10 businesses of the future. One of them was professional organizing. And uh, it was very prevalent in the States. But in Canada, what's that? Like, I really had to work to let people know what was happening. And so, as I stated at the beginning, that eventually segued into this productivity. Okay. Um, But I had learned an awful lot. And I thought... I really want to help people know who they are, know what they want before they make the mistakes. Right. Right. Not after they make the mistakes. Right. Um, 
And that's a lot of what I do. So I, I've been very successful in my business. I've spoken all over the world. Um, but a couple of years ago, I started to burn out because I've been doing it for about 20 years. And I was speaking in Texas. And when I started to go up the down elevator, I realized that I think things weren't going very well. And when I also started to realize that I wasn't interested in what my clients were telling me, um, I was starting to be negative. Hmm. I realized that it was time to sort of take a break and take a break. I did. So for a couple of years, I went and worked with my daughter uh, in Southern Ontario. And when I came back, uh, I had started to have some medical issues, some physical issues, which have taken two years to work themselves out. Work themselves out. Right. So the Energizer Bunny, who used to work 18 hours a day, is now restricted to six. And those are not six long hours. Mm -hmm. Those are 20 minutes rest, 20 minutes rest, 20 minutes rest. Takes me three days to clean my house. Uh, I can't maintain the, you know, the mental cons consistency that I have. And it was a real blow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and those who know me would realize how much of a real blow it was. Mm -hmm. So it's taken me a couple of years or a year at least to just, just get myself in the right space and to realize could be worse. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, take care of yourself. Do what the doctors are telling you. Take your pills mm -hmm. and change your life. So it sounds like you've you definitely had uh, some life experience that you that have probably mm -hmm. you, you can build on. Yes. Right? So you, let, let me put it this way. You, you, you've got some advice to give. <laughs> Definitely from your experience. Definitely. Right? Yes. So I want to steer this back a little bit to like the divorce and clients that we're dealing with. Right? Yes. So one of the things I was thinking about was when we spoke was that not only organizing your life, but you're transitioning now into coaching kind of. Right. That's kind I've been of, doing a lot of that. Right. Yeah. And some, of the, and some of the people who are listening to the podcast right now are probably might not be business owners. Right. Yes. But I think there's some life lessons that you teach business owners that translate and carry over into personal people's lives. Would you right. agree? Yes. Okay, so tell us a little bit more about that. So productivity is about achieving your goals and it's taking the steps to achieving your goals. OK. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that, that, that we have to do after a divorce or even before a divorce like, we don't wake up in the morning and decide we're going to be divorced. I mean, really, we don't. Unless our husband has come home and stated that he's had, you know, some other <clears throat> other issues with other people, uh, then maybe you're saying goodbye, go, I'm going. Mm -hmm. But really, rarely, I think, do we get up in the morning and say we're going to divorce. It yeah. is percolating. It's a process. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's absolutely. percolating. And as it's percolating in your mind, it's affecting you physically, mentally, and emotionally. Right. And that is the time when you should come to a coach. Okay. Okay. And that's one of the big lessons I have taught all my clients is that you got to be proactive instead of reactive. So when you anticipate something's going to happen in your life, when you anticipate that, that you want to get a divorce, you definitely have to go to someone for help. Mm -hmm. um, you have to go to a lawyer. And I always tell people that. And you should go to someone who is impartial, not your mother and your brother and everybody who's emotionally involved, um, but somebody who's impartial, who you can feel free to discuss your feelings, your issues, and who can lead you in the right direction by giving you the steps of who are you, where are you now, where are you going to be, how are you going to get there, and how are you going to be productive. 
and then then coach you through those steps at your own pace. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you can't do that, then the minute you do decide to divorce, you should still do something like that. You need somebody impartial mm-hmm. in, you know, in your corner, uh, but not emotionally involved. And, and a lot of times we go to the friends and we go to the parents. And, of course, right. they all have a vested interest. And they're, ter- they're terrible coaches, too, right? Because well, they I, are. My wife loves to work it, right? And she says, I need someone to help motivate me. So she says... I want you to wake me up and get me going so that I'll get on the treadmill and go up for a run. So I'll <laughs> say to her, okay, no problem, I can do that. And then I'll wake her up and say, you said that you wanted me to wake you up and get you on the treadmill. So how do you think she reacts to me? Go away. Yes. Put her yeah, go. Yeah. a blanket over Leave her head. Leave me alone. <laughs> so I'll do that three or four times. Yes. And then finally I give up. So right. I, like, I can relate to what you're saying because friends and family are terrible coaches because they don't want to upset you and they want to stay your friend. They mm-hmm. want to keep that relationship. Well, yeah. So a coach, an impartial coach has the ability. And also I think when you're being coached, you almost respect that person at a diff- in a different level. Yeah. Right. Because you, I mean, we look at everyone around us and we're always like, we're, it's almost like you're nicer sometimes to people that you are, are strangers. Absolutely. Or, Always. Yeah. You save your then, worst for your, your you closest know, people. Yeah. Right? You know, when you send your kids out and they came home and say they've eaten broccoli, you don't yeah. eat broccoli here. Or yeah. they're <laughs> so kind and polite yeah, and well-mannered and then so you're like, what? It's my yeah. kids? I know. It's anyway. you're very right. You're you're right. It's like a, yeah. And and I and I think, you know, because we are so invested or vested in the relationships around us, it's hard to not take a side. It's hard to not it's hard to to objectively look at even your friends and family's lives, right? So having someone outside while you're going through that process is is I think invaluable. Oh yeah, coach or like right. at, at whatever whatever it is you're being coached for. Yeah. I think is 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 valuable. Mm-hmm. If you can identify what it is you need to be coached on mm-hmm. is the first step. And your coach will help you with that. Yeah. And you need right. a coach who's been through it. Who well, understands what you've been through. I've been on both sides. Right. Okay? Yeah. I know exactly what goes on on the on the, the, the legal side and it's right. appalling. Mm. Um and exactly what the what the feelings are. So you need because there are a lot of coaches out there but they don't have a lot of that life experience. Right. Um so, so and, and I want to kind of just delve a little bit into it because you're not a therapist, you're not a counselor, you're not a, you know, so I mean, it is, we do have in DivorceNet, we have those resources, we have therapists and, 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 and counselors and stuff. So kind of like, if I was getting a divorce or somebody, you know, who's listening to this is looking at it, what is the advantages? Because we're not saying that they still shouldn't go see therapists or counselors, oh, yes. Oh, right? Yes. Oh, yes. So what, what, why would I come to you uh, if I was divorcing? For because because uh, it sounds to me like you can help in a lot of different areas, not just the the therapy side. You know, without right. calling yourself a counselor, you have some experience. Yeah, but I can't. I, but, I wish I could go back to school right. and take a psychological degree because you know. So why would like why what what do you what can you offer sort of overall? I guess what is it? Why would I come to you? And I know maybe okay. that sounds wrong so, to no, ask no, you that no, question, no. but no, 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 it's true no. though. Like I mean, that's what like sure we, people are going to say that. Yeah. What? How can you help me? What do you want? Yeah. yeah. Why so, don't I just seek that counsel? My tagline is to make life easy. Okay, and that's a tagline I've just acquired since going through this medical issues that I have because I have to take life easy. Okay. I can't walk for more than 10 minutes, sit, stand for more than 10 minutes. Uh, I can't do a lot of things. So I want to make your life easy. So I want to make your recovery easy, your approach 
to how you're dealing with this easy. Your lawyer will give you some advice, but they can't give you all the advice, and they're very expensive, too. So they're not psychologists either, right? Because you need a plan. Mm -hmm. You need, you know, and you need, first of all, you need to grieve. And you need the time to grieve, and so often people don't take that time to grieve. Mm -hmm. they, they sort of get out there and do all kinds of things that they shouldn't be doing, so they just put themselves behind the eight ball. Mm -hmm. So you need someone that you meet with on a regular basis to give you a plan, mm -hmm. just like a business. A checklist. Uh, to strategy yeah. and a checklist. Mm -hmm. um, on how to, how to go through each step, mm -hmm. whether it be, okay, these are your next steps with this, and these are your next steps. And but, then hold you yeah. accountable. That's the yeah. big one. Well, it's the holding it's you accountable. Holding accountable. Right. But I don't, people are afraid of me sometimes. It's hilarious. Uh, when I when I have clients and I first come, they think they're, they're nervous. Or when somebody hires me for a client, like a company hires me for a client, she's so nervous. He's so nervous. Well, there's nothing to be nervous about. Um, first of all, I'm very down to earth. People know that. I laugh a lot. We have a really good time. And I really feel for these people. I understand them. So I'm not going to come in and demand that you do something. Mm -hmm. I've had clients, like, sometimes I've called and said, I'm so sorry, there's a snowstorm, I have to cancel. Oh, thank God, I didn't do my homework. <laughs> <laughs> okay? Oh, I'm so happy, okay? So you do you yeah. do make them accountable, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I'm somebody to lean on, and people do need processes. You need a normal schedule. You need to get back to the simple things. You need to take care of your kids, and you need to grieve your loss. So very often... Uh, especially if you have kids, you just put everything into them and you mm -hmm. don't take care of yourself. Right. I, I, well, That's a great absolutely. Yeah. Mean, you know, we always do that. Mm -hmm. I remember the day after I got divorced, I sort of opened the door and I was living in a very, you know, a neighborhood where everybody was married with kids and everything. And I looked and I thought, I'm the only one that's divorced, mm. like on these two streets. Mm. And I felt very lost. Mm. And I, I had a feeling what was coming, but I didn't know. So I don't, I think I have maybe two friends from when I had before, because that's one of the most difficult things, okay? So if you know that might be coming, it's, if I knew that might be coming, or I knew the reasons for it, I might have been able to step in and sustain those relationships. Um, but I never could, and I wasn't in any mood at that point to sustain any relationships, right. okay? Um, so you needed to be poured into a little bit more than yeah. pouring into other people yeah. at that point. And you, you can't feel guilty about that. Right. So even if you're not going through divorce, people feel guilty. I'm taking time for myself. I'm taking time for my kids. Well, you have to do that hmm. and put them in the place you want them in. They're doing well. They're happy. They're seeing their father, whatever it is. Now it's time for me. What am I going to do? Hmm. People tend to jump right. into doing things very quickly. Squirrel. Squirrel, yeah, <laughs> that they shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Now, in some cases, I completely agree with that. Just go have a good time. You know what I'm referring to, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, but, and then what do you do after? What do you do when after a year you realize you've just, you know, expended your energy just fooling around with everything? Right. What do you want to do when you come back? So You know, you know one of the things I find, too, is that uh, I find in our, the world we're in now, mm -hmm. like with everything on demand and people want everything right away mm -hmm. and you look at things like facebook and uh link not linkedin so much but but twitter or instagram people really compare themselves they do. to everybody online so they're like my life isn't here and everyone else i know is there you know but there, so but you know what those social media is such a farce <laughs> sorry <laughs> i don't 
don't get me wrong. I didn't say fart. <laughs> no, but like you look at, you know, you look at what you see on those things and you do. It's only the best. Only the best. But you do. You, yeah. you rate yourself. You rank yourself. You're like, I don't live that life. But realistically, being in the professions that, well, all of us are in, we see the back end side yeah. of it. Grass right? is yeah. not greener. We, yeah. we see that people, like we see their finances. We see their, their lack of organization and productivity. We see, you know, we see all that stuff Mm -hmm. and so sometimes I have to really take a step back and go I cannot judge myself I cannot compare myself to what I see on social media but you must see that too where you have people coming to you why why can I not people will say to me I don't know how you do everything you do and I'm like I'm falling apart people (laughs) (laughs) me too my husband says, says if they only knew how you lived he says, you know, because he always says to me, I, I'm always complaining about something. I'm overwhelmed. I'm overworked. It's messy in here. I can I can suggest a very good organizer, he says to me all the time. Right. right? Um, right. So I think, but in the, in the area where we compare ourselves to others, I think what we have to learn, and this is the one thing that I learned from my experiences, is, is we have to learn who we are. And what's important to us. And what's important yeah. to me. Yeah. And the fact that I'm going to accept me for myself. And so what if somebody has more money or what if somebody has more kids or what if somebody is is more, you know, um, organized organized or, or whatever? Yeah, I'm happy with who I am. And that's what we work on. That's basically what we work on. Right. Because mm-hmm. then you can do anything. OK. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I think if you ask some of these people on Facebook, if they were looking at this Facebook and thinking, oh, I'd love to do this. And if you really said to them, would you really like to be a race car driver? No. <laughs> just for one one lap <laughs> yeah maybe for one lap you know because what is your passion who are you you know yeah. you don't want to respond to other people's needs i spent my life responding to other people's needs and i will not do that again and i'm old enough now not to give a darn right and i have a question for you so let me ask you when you look at talk to somebody and they say they have a goal mm-hmm. right Here's here's my my short, medium, long term goals, and, mm-hmm. and you're kind of brainstorming what those are in a, in like granularly, like in bringing it down into small pieces. Yes. Do you have a system where you reverse engineer the goal and and create a, a path or a, ma- a roadmap for them to achieve it? Yeah, definitely. Tell, tell us in, about that in a little bit. So you you can do that personally, professionally, anything. So if you have a goal, and it depends, and you have to. What I do is I usually separate the life into personal, professional. Um, and something you really, really aim for, want to do. Wild goals? Like wild, wild goals, fun yeah. goals. Like I want to travel the world. Like your bucket list. Kind your of bucket thing. list, yeah. Sure. Love okay. those. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and, and, and one of the things that people do with goals is they have too many. Uh, that's okay. Good uh, I remember going into um, um, <sighs> coaching somebody who was very high up in the government, like an ADM type of thing, right, in the government. And I came into this huge office. And it was a mess because people who have a lot of goals and a lot of everything, they're wonderful people, but they've, they've got every, everything all over the place. So I go into this office and I nearly choke, but I don't say anything because I'm very good at that. Oh, what a lovely office. So I go, I start at one end and I go to the other. What's this? So it was a um, bunch of books. Well, it, it, I'm taking a, an MBA at uh, Queen's. And uh, these are all the books and the things I have to do. Oh, when are you taking that? Oh, once a week I go to Queens. Okay, and this is this is like a job. He's being paid a two hundred thousand dollars a year working as a whatever it is, and then he's also got the Queens thing. I said, okay. Then I see like a helmet mm. and a plane, and I said, well, what's this? 
Well, I want to learn to to to, to do it to be a pilot. <laughs> so I'm taking pilot's lessons. <laughs> Really? The next thing was a golf. I, I kid you not. This is true story. Was a golf, golf, you know, the thing, little golf thing in the office. And he's, I said, so what do you do? Well, I want to increase my golf swing. Okay. And the fourth focus. Fourth thing was, and of course, you got to keep a straight face and say, that's a really lovely idea. Fourth thing was pictures of women. Oh, my. I said to him, what is this? Well, you know, I'm on Tinder and J date and blah, 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 blah. I want to get married. Sorry. I said, oh, by then I'd given up and I was laughing like you. you I'm know? sorry. That's very disrespectful. Yeah. Let me. So I said to him, this is all very lovely, but it's a little over. Don't you find it a little overwhelming? Okay. Because as a coach, you don't give. You get them to, to realize it themselves. That's mm-hmm. part of the coaching process, of course. Mm-hmm. So we never tell people what to do. We ask them questions and then they realize and go, oh, hey, hey I can't do it all. So, magic number is three. Okay. Ooh. So, you have a personal, professional area and the, the bucket list, and you have three goals. Okay? One for, each? for each. Three for each or wow. one for three each? Three for each. So that nine. still but seems But you only lot. do them one at a time. Got it. Uh, okay. okay. Okay? So, you have the one goal, one goal, one goal at a time. Would you call them short, medium, long? No. Nope. It doesn't matter. No. I, 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 do, I don't get too detailed because okay. that gets us a little too confused. Okay. So what you do when you set goals is, of course, you break them up into little bits, and you mentioned that, okay? Um, they have to flow, and you have to set up, you know, a little bit. So this week, and I'm talking a little, because we don't have enough time, we don't have enough energy. So say you have a goal like you want to get more fit. So the, the, the first thing you would do is you'd get up one morning and say to yourself, I want to get more fit. And then you'd say to yourself, good for me, because you have to reward yourself every little step of the way. Okay. Okay. Can and I you, reward with like more coffee any, or donuts? Well, no, I'm yeah, just kidding. Hello. Yeah. So some <laughs> kind of reward. <laughs> I know. I know. See the after Weight Watchers, yes. we used to go for pizza. All right. <laughs> yeah. um, so so you, you do, and you say, okay, good for me. And you, you leave that for the day. Mm-hmm. And then the next goal, okay, little, little. And... And you keep going, and you keep going back to the first goal and saying, good for me, I'm still sustaining that first goal. Okay. okay? And with the coach, if you get stuck on a goal, then we work on, that's a lot of what I do that a lot of even business coaches don't do. I go into your organizing and productive personalities. So I'll say to you, you didn't reach this, you know, you didn't get up and say it because you procrastinated. And let's work on this procrastination. Why are you procrastinating? Why are you not managing your time well? Mm-hmm. So we go into the productivity issues mm-hmm. to teach you the skills to achieve your goals faster. So when people and you write it all down, by the way, it's all on a board. Okay, I love whiteboards. You've got to have whiteboards. <laughs> Throw it in there. Vision boards, whiteboards, whatever it is, because then you can go and say, "Good for me." Yeah, yeah. I think that's a problem that most people face is they don't give themselves positive reinforcements on the little mm-hmm. steps that they're taking. Mm-hmm. They just judge themselves in the in the the whole. The, the end result, mm-hmm. but there's so many small steps you got to take to get into that result, right? If you don't give yourself some reinforcement and positivity there, right. you know, you're only focusing on the days that you didn't take the steps. Yeah. yeah. We're always negative. Positive and, self-talk is so important. Yeah. So important. Yeah. And you have to also ask people, isn't that good? I got up this morning and said, I'm going to exercise. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we said mute those phones. <laughs> 
gonna, so that's okay. That 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 sound is kind of like that was like a musical introduction. Yeah. Rubbing an intermission so everyone could go and have a bathroom break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um uh, and and one of the things you have to realize if you're going through a divorce, especially, and we start to, anybody if you set those goals, is you will revert. Let's just say, okay, it's you're not going to achieve everything you want to achieve. You will revert. So we have to accept that. Mm-hmm. Not so bad that you're reverted. Okay. But if it, you revert it, three or four times, then why right. are we reverting? Right. Right. And, and, and that, like, let's get back to the divorce a little bit. Like, yes. I think that you, you, you mentioned it earlier on in the conversation, just about, you know, really all of these steps and all of these things are as vitally important for regular day-to-day life, yes. but even more so perhaps when you're going through a separation or divorce. Much more so. I remember when my husband, so I have, I, I met someone 20 years ago when I'm married and, and uh, it's good and everything's fine. Um, but he, uh, he's been in the hospital quite a bit, but I remember him being in the hospital um, at a time when I was really busy. My, my business was going, I had 10 contracts on the go and, you know, and I was really, really nervous and really upset, but I had to go see him. So I did. And I realized after a couple of days that it was working out very well because I was organized at home. I had food. I had my laundry. I had a place sort of to be. Hmm. I was organized with my clothes. And I thought, what happens to people who aren't and then have kids at home and somebody in the hospital? Mm -hmm. And it's very similar to, to being divorced. If you're already organized and you're getting divorced, it's not going to upset the apple cart as much as if you aren't organized. And even if you have a, like if you have a, a, a room that's very disorganized, it's just a real mess, that's not going to help you adjust your, your mental health hmm. by being in such a mess. So the first thing I would suggest to people is get it into an organized state so you have the energy of the room and the peace of the room, of your environment, in order to heal. And that's something people would go, oh, I never thought of that. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good point. So, but for me, sometimes, and I, I think of that, like, I I am one of those piles of, you know, <laughs> there's piles. They're organized yes. in their own right. You might walk into it and go, what the heck is going on here? But I could probably put my hand on a file faster if it's on the floor. <laughs> and that's fine. Than I could if it's in a filing cabinet. If it's in the filing cabinet, I forget. It's yeah. there, right? But anyway, I am better at that. But... To, to change that a little bit, I, I sometimes will open those. Everybody has those proverbial junk oh drawers, God. right? Yeah. And you pull open the junk, the junk drawers and you go, oh my goodness, I need to organize that. But the process of that organization can lead to further junk. Yes. You know, and so I find sometimes when I open those drawers, I have to... Um, I have to give myself lots and lots of time. But sometimes that overwhelms me. You can't give yourself lots of time. See, goal is... To, to to make the drawer accessible. But I'll Goal pull open the drawer. Steps. So you pulled it open. Congratulations. Close it. Oh, yay. I can do that okay. today. Thank and you, the man. next day, yes. you, do, you do something else. You open it and you 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 decide which areas, like how you're going to separate it. You're going to put the, the forks here and the knives here and the other thing. And Or if you're already organized and things are fine, you're going to say, I don't have to do that drawer. Mm-hmm. Because we can't be organized. You can't be perfect. Mm-hmm. So leave the drawer. You always need something to mess up. Well, and you know, the other thing I think in life is that, um, you know, I used to be very, very, I'm, not that I have a dirty home or anything, mm-hmm. um, but I have 
well, my oldest is now away at school, but I have three kids. Wow. And a husband who works days and nights, and I'm a busy business person and involved in a gazillion things. And it used to really stress me that my house was unorganized. And I think, you know what? I think back to prior to kids, and I never had an organized house prior to kids. So why would I anticipate with three kids at home and a dog and working more than I've ever that my house would be organized. So I'm learning to let those things go. Is letting go important? Oh, letting go is very important. That's who you are. You see? So that's so if if, if we were to meet and you'd say, this is is who I am, this part I don't want to, that it's so important. And just because your friend has an organized house doesn't mean you want to, okay? Mm -hmm. I can't live in a disorganized house, but that's just me. And I know mentally that bothers me. Mentally, it does not allow me to go forward in my day if things are messy. But I have days, let me tell you, which I I wouldn't let you in. And I don't care. And one of the things I've learned in the past year with all these medical issues is I can't be as much of a perfectionist as I want to now. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't have the type of home and I don't clean as often and all those kinds of things. And it bothers me, but I can't do anything about it. Right. And that's just the way it is. So I'm really learning to let go mm. um, of those things. So we got a question for you. Yes. So uh, one of the things that we do here on the show is that people will like throw questions out <clears throat> when they when we have a guest. And one of the questions that just came through was, can you give us like three to five pieces of advice for a person who's contemplating divorce? So is there like three to five really good little nuggets of gold that you could just kind of say, you know, you're heading down this road. You already know that you're going to be you're going through divorce. So what are three to five things that you would tell somebody if you're talking to yourself, let's say, uh, or like your best friend, and you said, make sure you do this, this, and this. Okay. Would there be something that you'd say? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, these are going to be breath. big nuggets. Sit so, back. Yeah. So go. the first thing you'd say is good for me. Okay. I'm finally deciding to do it, okay? Okay. You write, and write these things down. Oh. I mean, a lot of people journal and write things down. I hate journaling. I prefer talking, obviously. But um, you have to start writing it down in a book or on the wall or whatever. So the first thing you say is good for me. I finally make taking the steps to get a divorce. Secondly, get a good divorce lawyer right away. Okay? It will, and don't say I can't afford it. And I have to wait until such and such and such and such. Get yourself a good divorce lawyer because it'll cost you less in the long run to get the advice in advance. Mm -hmm. And on that same topic, do not listen to anybody who tells you what to do except your good divorce lawyer. And you might have to go to three and to find the one you like. So go to your divorce lawyer, okay? Get your house in order. I mean, get your life in order. Say, get your house organized, get your kids organized, take care of the basics so that you're always on top of things. You always have enough food, you're always organized. It's sort of the way you want it. It's a place of peace, okay? Um, And you have to do that if you're working also, okay? And the fourth thing is, Start writing down everything that's gone on in your marriage. So if it's the one thing I learned from being married to a divorce lawyer <laughs> is... It's very ironic, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, is to write down everything yeah. that has happened since day one. Yeah. So I remember standing over him one night and I said, what are you doing? And he said, oh, he said, uh, my client had to has to write down everything that's happened since she was first married. And I went, who the heck can remember that? 
He wanted to know how often they fed the baby, how often they bathed the baby. What? It was unbelievable. It was who's, custody. Who was doing it? The, um, uh, the, the, the person filing for divorce, yeah. both sides ended up doing it, had to go back and list everything about their marriage. Why? To what end? Well, this was custodial, I think. This okay. was for custody and stuff okay. like that. Yeah, they're trying to show that, that both parents were like actively involved in the raising of the child. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, but <clears throat> there could be other reasons too, financial reasons or, you know, so you write down and think, well, who, well, do you remember what happened when you first got married? <laughs> I don't remember a thing. I don't remember my name sometimes. <laughs> I agree. You know what's okay. funny though is when you start writing that, mm-hmm. it starts to open the valve. But the thing, it gets you thinking about some stuff. To me, the thing that would just anger me. Mm. I, I that almost seems like that would be fueling the fire. Well, that son of a bomb, blah blah blah. It'll make you feel blah. better, though, won't it? Well, you know, well, I don't know. Some of the reasons why I, they do that, though, is because sometimes when you have someone who's in a supporting role in a, in a relationship, yeah, it allows the other person to achieve what they achieve. So, well, let, absolutely. You, you, sure. So if you have someone who's a professional who's out working 60 hours a day, absolutely. the other partner's time is valuable because it supports the person being able to earn no, 300000 a year, 400000 right. a year, right? right? So right. that person who's documenting what they did in the house, it gives them the ability to go into court and say, yeah, but you wouldn't have been able to make 400000 today if I sure. wasn't supporting you. Right. And that, that, that's building a, an argument. Or He's a got a great right. point because, you know, well, I haven't I worked that. for 20 years and I can't. Yeah. yeah. So it goes really deep and it, it is cathartic. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And it will, if you, if you're hesitating, it will, it will make you make that decision faster. Like now I know why I want to divorce the son of a gun. Look what <laughs> happened here. You know, I'm writing it down. Writing down does wonderful things. Mm-hmm. And then the fifth thing is to see and make a plan for how you're going to do this. Now that you need help from your lawyer, how long it's going to take. Always takes longer than you think. So remember that. Um, but what do you want your life to look like in the future? What's it going to look like in the future? Okay. And uh, you don't plan it yet because you don't know when the future is going to be, but it does make you feel good because, oh, maybe in the future he won't be around. And so physically and mentally and emotionally, I'm really going to feel good. Mm. Um, And this is what I'd like to do. So it gives me something to look forward to. Mm. Okay. And because you're going to assume that this divorce is going to go well. Mm -hmm. And of course, I think 99% of them don't. Mm -hmm. But that depends on what kind of a lawyer you get. Okay, it's well, really, really important. Yeah, and lots of times people go into it. You know, um, I had a client in my office yesterday, and she was saying that, um, you know, it's very amicable. The, 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 the separation is very amicable, amicable, um, mm-hmm. and, and perhaps um, her husband had, uh, had wandering eyes, and that was, he was okay. feeling, feeling guilty about it. And, you know, my comment, because of course I'm a mortgage agent, so she's looking for a mortgage. Uh, my comment was, um, I, I get that and I can appreciate that, but right now it's it's amicable now, but in six months when you start going after his, you know, $65,000 a year pension and the $400,000 he's got sitting in investments may not be. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and so um, I, it makes sense to, to write things down, to plan it out. And but I don't know, because in just... between the fourth and fifth, there's sure. going to be all this stuff that you're going. It's going to gonna okay? all of a sudden go. So, so you say fourth. But, oh, my God, it's going south. 
and I'm going through hell and it's if an, or if it's a good divorce fine you'll get to that goal sooner but if you don't have that to look forward to you always should have something to look forward to I don't know about you but if I don't have something to look forward to and it could be just doing my garden or we just got a new deck and I'm all excited we're getting a gazebo I always mm-hmm. wanted a gazebo mm-hmm. so if I don't have anything to look forward to I'm really not a happy puppy mm-hmm. I do too so yeah and so I think we need that and I think when you, you contemplate going through a divorce, you're feeling very sorry for yourself, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. You're quite depressed. Um, so you need some positivity. Mm-hmm. Okay? Right. Um, and say to yourself, that'll be my reward. You know what? Uh, one of the, the people sitting here in the room that has texted us um, while we've been talking said that it was an interesting, you know, just going back to this positivity, interesting that you would say that one of your first tips is good for me. Yeah. You know, and, and it's certainly something that we don't think about, you know. Um, and so really an interesting perspective on, on yep. where you come from and where you can help people who are divorcing. And so we need to wrap this up. Okay. Um, just um, thank you so much. But tell us how we can get a hold of you. Okay. Um, uh, you, can, uh, you can email me at info at productivetothemax.com. I have a website, it's www.productivetothemax.com or you can give me a call at 613-462-6020. Okay. And obviously you can, uh, and you are a member of DivorceNet. Yes, so, I'm so excited to uh, be Yeah, so. we're yeah. happy to have you. And uh, so you can always find uh, Anne's information out on our DivorceNet uh, website as well. So right. thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Anne. Thanks. You've been listening to Clean Break, our weekly podcast on divorce. You can find this and other great advice from divorce professionals at divorcenet.ca, where we upload audio, video, and blog content every week.